0: Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name is Joe Sage, I'm a producer and mix engineer at Nevis Audio and I am joined by
1: Phil Salter, a mixing and mastering engineer with Sound Studios. Joe, how are you? How are you this week?
0: I am in pain. Oh, is there- <laughs> I did not know this. So today is a Thursday and on Monday... Um, my girlfriend managed to convince me to run a 5K. I am not a runner. I am in pain in places I didn't think you could get pain from running. It's, how is it in the shoulders? I don't understand. Um, well, it depends. Yeah. On. But, you know, she's uh, she did a half marathon earlier in the year. So she's a good runner. So it wasn't like oh, you know, a casual run and a bit of a walk. It was. It was like a like it, was, it was. an intense five k. It, it was at It was a solid pace. Um, so yeah, I'm mostly in pain, but apart from that, music-wise, I'm I'm good. Working on some very exciting things. How are you, mate?
1: You You need to do park run, by the way.
0: I really don't. I don't want to become one of them people.
1: Become a park runner. I'm a park runner. Or I was until March. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe when we do episode one hundred, we could do it as a run.
1: No <laughs> no please, right. no. I'd be horrendously out of breath. I'm, that's not that's like the worst idea. Anyway, um I'm I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah. Everything's fine here. Um it's end of April as you record. It's raining outside. Typical end of April, mate. You've been living April. in
0: lockdown too long. It's the end of August.
1: It's the end of August and it's <laughs> raining. It's a typical British summer. the birds are hiding in the trees.
0: Mm-hmm. But anyway, on more positive things. What are we going to be talking about today?
1: Vinyl. Everyone oh, yeah. loves vinyl, don't they? It's the I was going to say it's the future. It's the past, but it's also the future. <laughs> you picture the scene, your 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 doting fans are there and they get some crisp vinyl fresh from the press with your band's music on it and they put down the needle and they go and sit down and they experience your music. That's mm. the dream but is it actually a good idea to get vinyl at all?
0: Yeah, I think the theme of the last few episodes we've been talking about ways of monetizing your band, especially with gigs maybe not happening for quite a bit of time. And I think vinyl is one of the ways that you can monetize it, but I would say a lot of people find it a complete and a money pit. So we're going to try and give some tips on how to have a successful vinyl release and hopefully make some money from it.
1: Hopefully make some money from it, noted.
0: <laughs> we are not liable for
1: any profits lost on a vinyl release. Yes, that's that's very true. Um, so I guess the first question to ask is, should you do it at all? <laughs> because if you get to the end of this decide, no, vinyl is not for us, then that is a good decision for your band. Because, as Joe said, it is a potential big load of money that you could just sort of lose and never quite recover
0: yeah because we did a poll in the community that we've got for this podcast which another plug you'll find a link to that in the show notes we'd love to see you in there Please. um where we said you know have you done a uh, vinyl release and the two most popular answers that came back was no we haven't done one or yes we have and now we own an awful lot of our own vinyl <laughs> they tend not to go too well um So like Phil said, one of the big questions is, should you do vinyl? And before we get onto the whole thing of selling vinyl and how many people are interested, there's actually a lot of work that goes into vinyl before you can consider doing it. It, it, It's not the same as releasing digitally or even to CD.
1: Yeah. If you have a piece of music or an album or an EP or whatever it is that has been mixed and mastered and everything, Uh, you can't just go, hey, let's do it on vinyl and give someone some digital masters. You have to make sure, we'll go into this in a bit, I'm sure, but you have to make sure that it is optimised to play on vinyl. So not every track that is mixed nowadays will work well on a vinyl player. And if you have music that's not optimised for vinyl, then it could do all sorts of disastrous things. So the needle could jump out of the track um, or the lines of music could bleed into each other. There's all sorts of potential things that could go wrong.
0: Yeah, modern low-end and vinyl are not a marriage made in heaven they you're going to end up with a lot of skipping vinyl and there's nothing worse than not only not selling vinyl but giving people refunds for the vinyl because it doesn't work especially if you do it on the cheap so again i would think when you're doing vinyl it's certainly something you need to consider i'd say even at the start of the creative process so have a chat with your producer have a chat with the engineer and say, you know, we're planning on doing this for vinyl purely because they'll go, okay. Well, I'm not going to put a great big whopping 30 hertz synth that's limited to the max and will go on throughout the middle eight because then you will destroy a lot of vinyl players <laughs> by doing that. Um, so it's the similar thing of if you want, you know, stuff that's going to be played in the club as the kids say um then that informs decisions that your producer or engineer would make in the creative process and the same goes for vinyl so like i've just said if you do want to if you do want to do stuff for vinyl it needs to be a conversation at the start really
1: yeah i mean the other track that you could go down with that is you could ask for two alternative mixes you could ask for one that is a sort of digital one and then one that is a vinyl one which you're going to have to be prepared that they will sound different mm-hmm. um, because, for example, if you do have loads of really low-end synths, they're going to have to go or change. So that is something worth chatting about with your producer or mix engineer before you get going.
0: Yeah, and budget for that as well. I've done vinyl mixes and they tend not to come included It's just the standard thing. It's not something I don't think you can turn around and just expect as a free extra. Because a lot of work goes into making something sound great on vinyl. So if you want a good end product, you've got to expect a budget for it.
1: Yeah. And if you are producing your own music and you're kind of going to a mix engineer and you're hoping that you can get a vinyl version and a digital version, as it were... Just one quick sort of production note that I do happen to know is if you have decided that you want some really bassy things on the sides of your mix, that isn't going to work. All your bass information fundamentally has to be down the middle. So if you're um, recording with that in mind, that is a really helpful thing to know as well.
0: Yeah. And I think that also leads quite nicely into bringing professionals into it. We're big advocates of doing stuff DIY, and if you want to make a fully home release, that that's great, go for it. But it's going to be a really difficult thing to get a good vinyl production and mix and master that's going to translate really well onto all speakers. I mean, the positives of using mix engineers and master engineers are boundless, but especially in the case of vinyl, yeah. because the room... For manoeuvre and the room for error becomes a lot smaller when you're working with vinyl as opposed to
1: digital distribution. At the absolute minimum, hire a mastering engineer, Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm, absolutely mm -hmm. nothing else. And a good mastering engineer will be able to optimize it for vinyl or will make some helpful mixing suggestions if it just needs to be tweaked towards something that will work well on vinyl.
0: And I think that also leads quite nicely onto artwork as well. So not only when people are they buying vinyl do they want it to sound great because it's a it's a big investment and work well on their vinyl playing systems they also want something to look at as well mm. I think that for me is a big part of the vinyl experience I can't speak for phil but when I listen to vinyl I get the sleeve out and I want to look at the different artwork and look at the credits and maybe read the lyrics maybe there's an inside leaflet And all those kind of things. And I think that's something you definitely have to consider. And if you're not artistically gifted, then again, budget at the start, have conversations with people who've done it before, maybe with artists and get that in at the ground level, because it's not something you can bodge towards the end.
1: Yeah. And do you want to make sure that any artwork you have is high res enough So obviously, if you're printing CDs, and especially if you're doing a digital release, the artwork is going to be a lot smaller. Um, But vinyl, I don't know if you know this, this is a strange fact, is a lot bigger (laughs) (laughs) So any artwork you put on there is going to be bigger. So if it's photographs, they're obviously nowadays, you can get really high resolution photos very easily. But if it's artwork, you just need to make sure that it has, a, you have a real high res copy that is going to work, especially if you're sort of doing this as more of a DIY thing.
0: Yeah. Shout out to the guy who does all my media and art based stuff, does my website and does the logo for this podcast, Rob he will thank me for saying PNG rather than JPEG. (laughs) JPEG can go in a big fiery bin, is what he once told me. (laughs) I don't know if that means anything to most people, but if you do consider that, if there's ever an option, PNG rather than JPEG. PNG! Anyway, so we've discussed there the actual physical mechanics of getting a vinyl, but I think the thing that a lot of people struggle with is actually selling it and making a Mm. profit from it. So I feel like that's something we should definitely move on to next.
1: Yeah. So in answering the sort of really fundamental question, should you bother to do vinyl? I think a really good place to start is to go, do you have a big enough following to sell, to shift this stuff? Because if you have 100 fans, they may be really dedicated fans, but... Don't expect to sell 100 vinyl to each, each and every one of them. Not every single one of your fans is going to want to buy the vinyl. Sorry, that's true. Um, so you just need to have go in really clear-headed. I think a really helpful gauge of these things is looking at any merch that you already have. So mm. if you think about your last, say, T-shirt orders, because loads of bands have T-shirts, really obvious example, and... Um, how easy are they to sell? Do you often run out of them and you have to order more? Or are you struggling on your first box? Because that's just a really good indicator of your fans and what merch they are buying from you.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Because I think there are probably a lot of people who go, oh, well, you know, we can't sell any t-shirts, but people will buy the vinyl, which costs twice as much. It's like that, that, that's a bit of an odd way of thinking about it. I would say a huge one is pre-orders mm. so and i know this from experience because i've got mates in bands or whatever and they always come to me and they go well yeah we got vinyl made because we asked round loads of people and we did a facebook thing and they said you know um oh yeah all these people would order vinyl so we got that much made and then when it was made and we contacted them they were like uh, well you know actually no maybe maybe not I think vinyl is one of them things that people really like the sound of. And then when you give them a link to actually buy something, they'll go, oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Which I'm not sure about the ethics of that or the reason why, but it it is often the case. So I would say a great way of doing it is pre-orders where they have to put down some money as a commitment. Yeah,
1: because then you'll have a very clear indication of the sort of reality of the situation about who is actually prepared to pay and if you decide that you know you're really not getting enough pre-orders you could cancel it and give everyone's money back especially if you've not actually put in the vinyl printing request if you have you're a bit a bit stuck at that point
0: yeah i think vinyl is one of them things that is really easy to get carried away with because Mm. it is exciting i think it's up there with going to the studio playing big gigs sitting there with your own vinyl is one of the things i think you scheme about when you first imagine starting a band so it's quite easy to get carried away but i'd say pump the brakes and think of it more from a business perspective even if it's just a case of i don't want to make a loss on this which i know a lot of people will be doing that i think that's their approach to to music making in general, is as long as I don't make a loss then, you know, it's great, I've done this art some people are interested, some people have got a physical copy of it, fantastic but I'd say pump the brakes and make sure you're getting some pre-orders in with money commitments before you even think about printing
1: Yes, Um, you need to think of, this is just a general point to make, you need to think of your band as a business and if you're thinking of it as just a bit of fun with your mates, that's great, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but Be careful when you start committing money to things that you want people to buy because you could end up spending a lot and not getting any returns on it.
0: Another way, and we were talking about this in previous episodes, is a subscription model. So vinyl, especially if you want to make it good, can be a quite high ticket merch option. It's probably more than, say, some of your fans might be willing to do. But if you kind of were to phrase it as, well, for, for this amount of money, over a few series of months, then you get a vinyl included. And again, we were talking about this is a great way of getting people involved in your Patreon, or if you want to move people towards that thing, of like, well, if you sign up for 12 months, then you get this free vinyl and this other free merch. It's another way of pushing people and funneling them towards well, what we let like to call like the gym membership model.
1: <laughs> the gym membership model. Except you actually use it rather than going once and never going again. Yeah. The other thing to consider about vinyl when you are making your plans is it takes time to get actually made. (laughs) Um, Back in the the good old days of the 80s, there were loads and loads and loads of vinyl pressing plants that were going like the clappers, printing everyone's music, because that was the way to have music. Nowadays, there are a lot less vinyl plants, and I do happen to know that they they quite often get into back orders sometimes stretching into months i suspect that's not happening now just because of the state of the world mm. but it's worth planning that in planning in that it, it won't probably won't be as quick as you want it to be
0: yeah and i think again that also feeds into the whole idea of planning ahead mm. so another thing with vinyl is can you offer anything different that they can't get elsewhere we've talked about this element of exclusivity um and i think that this can be really important so one of my favorite artists is father john misty and he always includes like small books that you can't get anywhere unless you have to buy the vinyl it's like exercises for listening to and it's kind of you know tongue-in-cheek humor of like these are the poses and stretches you should do for these certain songs But those things, I think, go down really well. Could you offer a B-side that maybe you can't get anywhere else apart from on the vinyl? All these things add up.
1: You need to think about your additional offer because that will hopefully tip some people from I can just listen to this on Spotify to oh, I should put some money down and spend to get this vinyl and this really fun extra thing or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it extends into the artwork and the mix as well because if you can just get it on spotify then what's what's the point you need to give people a reason to purchase it and if it looks great and sounds great that's a perfectly good reason
1: Mm. the other thing to make sure you do because i know some some bands that don't and I don't know why is when people buy your vinyl when you're planning on selling it make sure you also include a digital download of that self same album oh yeah um so what it is is your fans will get a nice vinyl with all your music on it, which they'll maybe listen to a few times, maybe loads of times, I don't know. But then they also have the quote-unquote practical file, digital file that they can use and they can put on their phone or wherever they listen to music. That is really important.
0: Yeah, and I think you can include some other things on that digital file, whether that may be like an exclusive interview, maybe a music video, I'm sure loads of people can be mega creative with it. But again, it's offering that element of exclusivity, the reason why people would pull the trigger rather than just listening to it on Spotify.
1: Exactly. The other thing to think about is how are you going to sell your vinyl? Where are you going to shift it, (laughs) to put it brilliantly? Um, Nowadays, at the moment, it's going to be the major way is online shops for obvious reasons. And in that case, if it's at somebody's house, you need to think about posting it securely and how to go about that. That is worth a good amount of internet research to make sure you do it properly because there is nothing worse than selling someone some vinyl only for it to arrive broken because you've not posted it properly. Uh, that I I can't imagine how that would feel and that would be wasted money for you as a band.
0: Yeah, I also can imagine a situation where a lot of bands might have got the vinyl, costed all of it, and then figured out, oh, crap, we've got postage to pay. And that costs money, especially for something that's quite fragile. So I think, again, when we were talking about planning, these are the steps that you need to write out of, okay, at what cost is this? At what cost is that? And I think a lot of people have quite a gun ho approach, whereas what we're trying to say is figure out how much it's going to cost to do both, set out the budget of how much that is, then see if you can meet pre-order demand and break even or even make a profit on that.
1: Boom. Plan ahead and then all will be well, (laughs) basically.
0: (laughs) Cool. So this week's band is a Scottish band called Monza Express. I actually had a really good Zoom call with these guys on the weekend chatting about monetization and all these types of things. Um, So if you want to say hey to them, they're in the community. Like we said before, the link's in... The description, we'd love to see you in there and this is their song Crying on the Radio. We'll put links to this song and all their socials also in the show notes. So uh until next time, it's goodbye from me
1: and goodbye from him.